Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. I remember the awareness of hell for me. And I, so I don't know where this kind of came from, but I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that I was destined to hell and I knew that that's what I uh, deserved. You know, now looking back, I understand, yeah, you know, uh, the wages of sin is death. I know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So every man, woman, and child in planet earth, it's like our, our destiny because of our sin is what we've earned is is hell. So, you know, 2020 COVID, like that's that's a problem for so many, uh, but the, the real problem is, okay, what, what happens after we die? This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlene Spaklu. Well, I just want to welcome everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I want to also give you a special thanks to all of you who have reached out to us and let us know how this podcast has been an encouragement to you guys. I'm super excited because this is a new year, 2021. We're recording this 2020, but it's going to be out on 2021. And just so thankful for the Lord, just the blessing. A lot of people said that 2020 was like the worst year of their life, but... For me, it was the greatest year of my life. One, I got married. I married my husband, Richard, which was truly a blessing. And when the pandemic started, this is when we started our podcast. So I am so grateful that the Lord has given me, giving us this opportunity to come to you guys through this platform and just share the testimony of all these believers, all these wonderful friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. And today's episode, it's, I feel like every, every time I say this, that it's a, a very special one, but it, it is. Everyone, every episode has been very special, but I think this one is close, closer to my, my heart because this person has been uh, like a spiritual father to my husband, and he actually was the one who baptized him in Mammoth and Rainbow Falls. So that was so wonderful. And I love his wife also. His wife is wonderful, Amy. <laughs> and um, so he is actually the coach of the track and field at the Masters University. So please help me welcome coach or, how, you know, that's how we call him, but it's actually Zach. <laughs> That's that's me. Thank you so much, Arlie. Yeah. So so glad to be here. And I think back about 2020, and um, you know, it's it's been so many great memories with Richard. And um, you know, 2020 was a marked trial for him specifically. And um, but you know, all I think I will always look back at 2020 and COVID, and I'll think about the time that he was able to stay with us uh, post his surgery. And um, and I, I feel like our kind of quarantine time was cut in half because you know the majority of of that time was spent with him and having yeah. him in our, our condo and just watching God bring his health back. And that was such a, such a huge uh, joy. Um, yeah. So it was a, you know, for me, 2020 is a special time, uh, specifically yeah. that, that bond 
that we were able to have with with Richard. So yeah, well, for me, it was it was amazing too because I benefit from that. <laughs> Richard being there with you guys, I was able to go almost every single day to you to your house. And the food, man, it was so good. Amy is such a great cook. (laughs) That's what I get to live with every day. So people people don't know how spoiled I am until they come over and they see like what, you know, it's like I I basically live like a king. Yes, you do. (laughs) I mean, she makes everything from scratch mostly. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how can you? She makes the best waffles. I mean, she makes like the, the salad that I make now. I kind of learned it from her and I just adapted it to my you know, own unique style, but you guys are just such a blessing to us. Yeah. Um, Well, it's, you guys have blessed us in more ways than you know. Thank you. Normally I just like for people to get to know our guest. I would like you to share a little bit about your upbringing, you know, your family. What was it like? Was it a believing home? So good. My, um, so my great grandfather was a pastor and um, he actually started his own church, uh, Valley Bible Church in um, Lancaster, California. And I don't know how many years uh, he was uh, the lead pastor there, but it, at some point along the time, he retired um, and ended up at Grace Community Church. And uh, him and my grandmother um, were, you know, a longtime members at Grace for maybe um, ultimately 50 plus years as a guest. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of longtime uh, connections with, with Grace Church. And that's currently where me and my wife uh, are members and, and attend. And uh, the church is such a, a blessing. So I just... Um, you know, it, uh, you know the the ministry of John MacArthur his his uh, span generations, um, and I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. But it's a, a huge blessing for us to sit under his teaching weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my father actually was an elder at Faith Community Church in Palmdale. And get this, um, I have a brother that's 13 months older than me, and now he's the the lead pastor at Faith Community in Palmdale. Wow. Uh, so he's he's actually um, being able to shepherd that that community and. Um, it's it's so awesome. Um, my my father's still an elder, um, and has has been faithful uh, to faith community for maybe 40, uh, 40 years or so now. Yeah. So such a, a huge legacy. But growing up, my parents had nine kids. Um, wow! And yeah. big family, <laughs> big, big family, and you know, it's uh, from a, a young age. My father told me he's like Zach. We want you to. Um, you know, have a car someday, but we can't buy nine cars for nine kids. Yeah. You're going to have to buy your own. So you got to save your money. Uh, they yeah. said, you know, we want you to go to college, but we can't pay, you know, nine tuitions. So you got to be able to, uh, to work your own way through. And so there was, I think, uh, with, with a big family, you really learn quickly how to kind of take care of each other. In some regards, you learn uh, responsible, uh, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's, I think there's dynamics and you know, I think a, a big family becomes big when you start to get a number yeah. where, you know, it's like, you know, if you're a two, it's like, oh, I'm like the brother, I'm the sister, whatever. But then when you're like, oh, you're number to this, so I'm I'm number four wow. <laughs> in a list of nine. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would I, I look back in my childhood, it was just so much, uh, so many fond memories. Uh, you know, siblings become your best friends, uh, cousins, extended families. You know, time together uh, is just such a such a highlight. And yeah. um, and, and I think that really is something that. Um, is unique because is, is I think, you know, towards my testimony, 
you know, if you grow up in a, in a Christian home, in a Christian family, and you have uh, that, you know, what, what I'll say is that Christian culture, just, you know, yeah. a very moral household, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, one question, you know, for so many can be, well, how is that kind of passed down? Even from a recruiting standpoint, yeah. I'll be talking to athletes and they'll think, well, I come from a good moral home or my, my parents were Christian or I was born kind of Christian is what people would, would maybe think. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I look back at, at my story and my history, um, you know, one thing that I knew for certain is that, you know, yeah, I really believed my parents were saved and they had an intimate walk with the Lord. And, you know, when I think back towards um, my story, the thing that was really, I think, most prevalent is I was like, man, I don't know if God knows me. Because mm-hmm. I, I would pray and I'd feel like, man, my my prayers are kind of bouncing off the ceiling. You know, it's like, yeah. does God actually hear what I'm saying? Or is there some some relationship? So, you know, if, if, as I go back, as far as I can remember, you know, there was maybe a knowledge of God or knowledge of, of you know, that, that, you know, Christians are the only ones that get to heaven. But there was, you know, a tremendous doubt. Um, you know, for many, many years of, of my early life of like, okay, do I actually have a relationship with, with the Lord? And, you know, how's that, how's that worked out? So I'm excited to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, actually you can just jump right in. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that journey. You know, just though you grew, uh, grew up in a Christian home, how is it that the Lord works in your heart? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I, I don't know if there was some sermon or some specific time in my life, um, but I remember the awareness of hell for me. And, um, and, and I, so I don't know where this kind of came from, but I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that I was destined to hell and I knew that that's what I uh, deserved. You know, now looking back, I understand, yeah, you know, uh, the wages of sin is death. Um, I know that all have uh, uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So every man, woman, and child on planet Earth, it's like our our destiny because of our sin is what we've earned is is hell. So you know, twenty twenty COVID, like that's that's a problem for so many. Uh, but the the real problem is okay, what what happens after we die? You know, everybody that that has died in twenty twenty, they are going. You know, everyone will die. So the question is, what what happens at that point of death? And is is a young child, you know. In, and I'm going to say six years old, seven years old. Um, I remember thinking, "Oh man, you know, it's like I'm. I think I'm going to go to go to hell because I I had no um, experience of knowing for sure. Like, you know, yeah, I would pray, you know, God come into my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I could remember praying kind of this prayer, you know, God, will you yeah. come into my heart? Um, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times, you know, on the daily, multiple times of the day, it's like, okay, did that prayer work? Did it, you know, did God hear me that time? I, you know, n- nothing changed inside me. I didn't feel, you know, some, some feeling. So, um, you know, early, early on, um, you know, I was, on, I would say I was almost plagued with this kind of, you know, fear of, you know, do my prayers uh, actually work? Is God really there? Is he listening, you know, to, to this like little guy, you know, yeah. one, one of nine kids in some, you know, remote family in Palmdale, right? Yeah. So that was, um, that was, I would say, one of my biggest uh, spiritual struggles um, yeah. was just knowing that I was a sinner, that I needed a savior. I know that Jesus, I knew that Jesus was God's son, that he died to forgive, but it was like, but, but did it work? Did he actually hear, yeah, mm-hmm. hear me? And I would say the point of my salvation, the point where um, the Lord actually gifted me with the Holy Spirit and indwelt me with the Holy Spirit was, I would say, was around 10 years old. Yeah. And the, the thing that really changed changed was I remember just wrestling with this the same way that I had so many times before uh, this this particular moment. 
And uh, in the moment that I'm going to describe was really that awareness of, you know, if, if I do die and if I do go to hell, yeah. God is, God is a perfectly holy God. And as I, as I thought about his holiness and if, if, if his purpose in creating me was ultimately to destroy me, to send me to hell, um, because that way his, his, his holiness would be even more revealed by my destruction because I, I wasn't a holy person. I wasn't yeah. uh, worthy to, to be with him. And this, this might sound strange, but uh, during this time, I realized, man, if, if, if God created me to glorify himself by sending me to hell, how awesome is that, that I'm going to be able to glorify God with my life? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so there was a point in, in, in just kind of a change in, in mentality of, I don't need to be afraid of hell or whatever the future might hold. Uh, what I really am afraid of is, is you know, ultimately that God's perfectly in control. And, and I just remember praying to the Lord and saying, God, if, if my life is... Um, is going, you know, ultimately if I'm going to go to hell, (laughs) as long as you're glorified, I'm okay with that because I want everything about me to be for your glory, whatever it is. Uh, I I want to give you complete control of every aspect of my life. I'll go do whatever you say. Um, And, you know, my hope is that I would have a relationship with you. My hope is that you would that you would be the the Lord of my life. That everything that I would do would be uh, you know a bent towards praising you. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 prayer really changed. It changed from you know kind of before I would say I had a relationship with the Lord. It was like man, I just really don't want to go to hell. I kind of want mm-hmm. that fire insurance kind of so to speak. Mm-hmm. To that point of man, I it's a full complete surrender. I'm turning my heart and my life over to the Lord. And what's very significant, so and I'm, I'm going to, this is like 1992, so this is like the early 90s, but, but what happened was um, that kind of fear of hell really vanished. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that one of the things that, um, that you know, maybe, maybe we might use this terminology like a peace that, you know, surpasses understanding, a calm, a sense of, of you know, complete uh, trust in, in God's goodness. I think that that's something that he uh, filled my heart when I prayed that prayer. And, and I, I think that he filled, filled me in that moment with the Holy Spirit and said, you know, Zach, uh, what, I, what I have for you is, is yeah, is, as your life has sold out for me, I, I will use you. So, the, and that's, that's been uh, my, my story and my journey is it's not just like, oh, what dreams and hopes and aspirations do I have? It really is how do I glorify God with a life that, that he's kind of, you know, given me on loan and, uh, and, and how do I influence others for his kingdom? So, and that, that ultimately, I mean, you know, not, not to fast forward too much, but you know, my, my time at the master's university, that's why I'm here. You know, Matt, Matt, the, the whole purpose uh, for me is, you know, how can I reach in and, and mentor impact young men ultimately? And, and I do this alongside my wife where she's, uh, you know, um, discipling, so to speak, the, 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 the girls on the team and, and whatnot. But my heart is for four years to pour my heart into into these guys that come under my care um, and do this alongside my wife the the way that she does with our women's team and we have four years um, to to really uh, disciple them towards Christ and my hope would be that uh, that they would then at the end of the time that they're a part of our team that they would be able to do this 
over and over and over again, and that there'd be a multiplying effect. So our, my, my hope wouldn't be that, you know, the, the type of, uh, you know, ministry and discipleship that we have with our athletes for four years, that that would be the story of however many generations of athletes come in, uh, but that they would graduate, move on, and that they would kind of take that that torch and do that as well. And so mm-hmm. it is it is a very unique opportunity. You know, college mm-hmm. athletics, you get it for four years. And, you know, for us, um, you know, we feel like the greatest thing that athletics can be used for is to really kind of help athletes understand this is how yeah. you glorify God through athletics, through sport. This is how you use sport to influence others. And it's even, I mean, it's, it's such a simple thing, but even this podcast, being here, able to share share that story and just knowing that it will go out to to various recruits and um, it'll yeah. be something that our my, my team will see. And hopefully that's something that they'll be able to be like, I get it. I get, you know, I, I see uh, what this is all about. But yeah, it's, um, you know, I think about Matthew 10, 31. And Jesus said, uh, and let, you know, he who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And um, I, I would say that that was something that, you know, before Christ, it just was a very confusing kind of idea of like, okay, how do you know if you actually have Christ? How do you know? How do you like find your life? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, I would say in 1992, that's, that's what I discovered. Um, I, I discovered that point of completely losing my life. Uh, for Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, what I've been given to do now. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's every year at Masters being able to, to reach a generation of athletes for the Lord, to equip them, for them to be able to kind of take that baton. And, you know, some of the, the greatest stories I have are those that have landed in the ministry. Uh, yeah. You know, the uh, the athletes that are now pastors and worship pastors. and uh, but, but even going into education or computer science or all the different things that they're being able mm-hmm. to do and being able to rub shoulders in this world and to be you know God glorifiers and kingdom influencers that that's the target of of yeah. what we're what we're after so um yeah that's a little bit of my story yeah and I think uh, a lot of people um we've heard before that they struggle with their assurance of their salvation it might be very common in people in kids or or young men and young girls who were raised in a you know Christian home because that's all they they have known the whole, their entire life or sometimes they can just think, oh, yeah, because my family is saved, then, you know, it, yeah. I'm saved. But it's not like we don't inherit salvation. And the way that we live our life, you know, if we are constantly running back to our sins and if that's if we're indwelling in our sins, it's going to be very difficult to be assured whether we're saved or not. So even yeah. the lifestyle that we choose, you know, and if we're not constantly remaining on the word of God, then yes, we will be questioning yeah. our own salvation. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's so many people that go throughout this world and they feel like, well, you know, I'm basically a good person. Like I do more like moral things or, you know, it's like I'm, I don't do anything bad. Like it's mm-hmm. not like I, you know, um, am, am out there like, mm-hmm. you know, li- living a life that's, you know, derelict or whatever else. But um, ultimately, you know, I think about Matthew 10 and you know, when you, when you read through Matthew 10, um, you know, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father in heaven. And that, you know, it was shortly after, um, I was saved that, um, that I wanted to be baptized. And I was actually baptized at the same time as, um, one of my sisters and one of my brothers, three of us were, were kind of baptized in the same Sunday service. Um, but I just remember going up and being able to share my testimony. And I thought, 
wow, like as I, as I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior in front of this congregation, in front of these people, to think that Jesus said, as you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. And that's mm-hmm. that's a promise. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, I think that there's something where, you know, for any believer that's like struggling, like, oh, am I saved? Is this real? I would just say, you know, are you a confessor? Uh, you know, it's like, like if you're, if you're somebody that's out there just saying, you know, Jesus is my Lord. Like the things that, the things that, who I am and what I do, it's for him. He's, he's my Lord. That, and, and ultimately it's like, you know, I'll never be able to look at somebody else, else's life and say, oh, yeah, like, you know, I can tell that they're a believer or whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's going to be ultimately at the end of age. That That's going to be like, okay, who actually had faith in, in Christ? But for so many people that struggle, you know, I think that they're struggling. A, maybe they're not living an obedient life. And when, you, when you're not living obedient, you're, con- you're going to lose confidence. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, are you a confessor? You know, are you somebody that's actually out there saying, this is the work that God has done in my life and I've turned my life fully over to him. Um, and so, and that's, you know, it, it is a, a huge blessing to have a vocation, to be able to coach at a Christian university. Then um, the whole purpose of the master's university is to train and equip a generation of young people so they, they could be effective in God's kingdom. Yeah. Um, and, and that is, that is like almost a standalone mission, yeah. uh, that, that we get to be a part of and, and to do. So, you know, in, in some way it's like, a, you know, my, my very job is almost a ministry and that's something that, uh, it's, it's such an incredible, incredible opportunity. And it's not just one person, you know, I think about, I think about Richard yeah. and the truth is, you know, it's like, I remember Steve Kingery calling me up and saying, Zach, listen, there's a student in my classroom and he told me kind of the backstory of of Richard and um and it's like man this guy had been faithfully ministering to to Richard for for four plus years you know and so I it's like I just was able to kind of uh, enter into his his ministry and mm-hmm. uh, and then it's like you look at the Masters University and we have Abner Chow and and Doctor Bolin and mm-hmm. you know there's so many individuals that that are there uh, pouring their life in, into you know equipping you know, God's people for the work yeah. that, that he asked for, for him and, and the Lord's using the university in a mighty way. So, you know, we, we have a very, you know, kind of small, ordinary, uh, mission, but you know, that, that's what God's given us. And, uh, yeah. for me to be able to do this alongside my wife, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Richard, my husband, like it was after he enrolled in math and master that he came to know the Lord. And then I have other friends also that they, thought that they were believers but then once they enroll at the master's university it's like oh i'm not actually a believer and they came to know christ and really call him his lord and really live a life that it's an example and i think so now that we've been talking a little bit about the masters i definitely want to get into that just tell me a little bit about how is it that you land into this position yeah. because I know that this is not originally what you were doing. No. You were yeah. doing something in education. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yeah. that Yeah, no, so good. So I actually, out, out of high school, I had a chance to run uh, Alt Valley Junior College and, you know, going to the JC, it was a cheaper route. And uh, mm-hmm. so that, that was obviously a huge part of it. But, uh, but um, I would say an equally important part was Mark Covert. 
um, was coaching there. And uh, Mark was an individual that, um, you know, he was one of the very first athlete to ever wear a pair of Nikes across a finish line in the 1972 Olympic trials. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you look in, it, you know, kind of the, the history of, of, the, of the Nike shoe company, they, they had their, their start in this sport. And so he was kind of one of those, uh, those uh, legacy pieces uh, in, in American distance running. You know, he's somebody that, you know, raced uh, against Frank Shorter and I could go down the, the list of guys that, that he interacted and, and, um, and would tell stories of. So the first two years out Valley College, I, I majored in applied math. I thought I'd go into engineering after that. And then I had an opportunity um, to run at Fresno Pacific University. I had a scholarship to go there and uh, just, you know, with the financial need that I had, that was a huge part of how I made the decision was, you know, kind of finances uh, more than anything. There was no engineering that they had. So I thought, well, I'm going to major in applied math. Maybe I'll go to grad school afterwards. Mm-hmm. By the time four years of college had, had come and gone, um, I thought, oh man, I don't know if I have it. I don't know if I have grad school in me. And I remember sitting down with Dr. Ewart. He was the president of, of the university at the time. He said, Zach, whatever you do, do not stop. Go on to grad school because people stop and then they, they don't ever go back. Life mm-hmm. only gets harder. It only gets more difficult. So can, you know, don't stop your education until you're done. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I'm like, well, I haven't taken the GRE. There's specific things I haven't done. So I thought, you know, I really love, you know, my sport, which, you know, track and field. I really, you know, it's like I'm, I'm gifted with math. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to get a teaching credential. I'll get a, a graduate degree in education. And maybe I'll teach, you know, high school math and, and coach high school, you know, cross country, high school track and field, do something like this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my plan. And so immediately after um, I was done at, at uh, Fresno Pacific, um, I got a, a job um, on a, an emergency teaching credential. Um, and so I was teaching high school math right out of college. And I was working on my graduate degree um, through National University. And during that time, I had uh, kind of a friend at Masters, and he called me up and said, Zach, hey, why don't you come and kind of help, help out our program? We could really use some, some help. And so I thought, man, I have such a love for, you know, the master's university. I would have loved to have gone there, um, but athletically they didn't have the finances or the program at the time. Um, they, they only had cross country. They didn't have track and field. So I went just as a volunteer and I said, Hey, you know, I would love to help you guys out in any way that I could. And long story short, um, that was 2005, 2007, the financial crisis happened and here I had finished my, you know, my graduate degree. I was a fully credentialed teacher, but I wasn't tenured. And I, if I had come back one more day, I would have, I would have been a tenured teacher. But I had, I had switched school districts uh, at the time. I was uh, working close to masters at La Mesa Junior High, mm-hmm. and uh, because of that switch, I had spent two years at a at a high school, two years at a junior high. I wasn't tenured yet, and so I was like one of the very first ones to to get that uh, that. Um, you know, pink slip. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a, that's the end of my, my teaching career. Now, eventually all those teachers got hired back. Um, but in 2000, 2007, I had just got married. And so we're one year in, into this and this is crazy, but r- one year of being married and we, I, we saved up some money. And so it's like, okay, do we need to figure or a new career path or whatever? And my wife came to me and said, Zach, you know, if you could do anything in the world, what would you want to do? And I said, well, and at, at this time I was just like a volunteer coach at Masters. It wasn't anything like full time. And I thought if I could do anything, 
it would be that I would just coach running, you know, full time and that I would really do that at masters, you know, to, to really mentor, pour my life into, into my men's team and to, to be able to do that alongside, you know, my wife, I thought that would be just incredible to have that kind of tandem ministry. And so she said, let's do it. Let's live off of savings that, you know, we'd kind of scrape some savings together. We had enough that we thought we could live on for one year. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of, we just, you know, prayed about it. And I I remember asking her dad, because I was like, okay, what's this guy going to think if I didn't like, okay, I'm one year into marriage. Now I have no job, no income. And he said, you're young, you're healthy, go for it. He said, he's like, you know, we'll take care of you guys if you, if you land in a, in a, in a hard spot. So we went out by, we went out in faith and we were like, yeah, let's, let's just go full time into this and and build something. And, um, by the end of, you know, kind of 2008, you know, the university was very gracious and, um, they, they said, yeah, we want to invest more in, in, you know, kind of this program and and to kind of help get it started. And, um, so that, that's when it's like our little kind of stipend position turned into some type of salary. And that was kind of the, the beginning. So it's a, a process and you're not a traditional way into like the coaching vocation or whatnot. Um, but now we've, now we've been there full time. Um, I can't believe a decade has kind of come and gone. Um, but, uh, but really every, every day is a special day. And what, what is special about, um, our team is our team is the individuals that are there and to be able to, um, be, be sharpened by these young men and women to see hearts, uh, sold out for the Lord. That, that is a, 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 a true joy. And we've seen, you know, I, I would say there hasn't been a four year span since, we, since I've been there that I haven't seen athletes get saved. You know, maybe they, they came in and they thought, oh, I came from a Christian family or I was doing youth group. I was doing all these good Christian things. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, but yeah, I, I never, I've never surrendered my whole being to the Lord, you know, or I've, I've never actually even been baptized, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was, um, you know, th- th- those are things where it's like, well, you know, it's like, like, why, why not? You know, yeah. and, and, that, and I think that that's something that's beautiful about college is, you know, up and up until college, like whatever high school you go to, it's just your hometown, wherever your home, you know, your high, your local high schools, that's just where you go. Yeah. What do you eat during the day? Well, whatever your mom had made, right? It's like whatever yeah. shopping that she does, it's like, you just kind of do whatever your family does. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, like there's a lot of athletes and students that they've kind of go through that experience. But then college, it's it's really them making their own saying, you know what, this is the the path, the trajectory I want to go on. Um, and so I think it's very, you know, it's uh, it's a, a, a revealer of like what type of trajectory the individual is going to choose mm-hmm. on. They, they choose, am I going to go to college or am I not? I'm going to go to this school or that school. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we, we're a part of a very ripe time of life to see a, a trajectory set and a path uh, given. So yeah. it, it is a joy. It's awesome. a joy to be a part of. Yeah. And my next question is, how do you, how have the Lord used you and uh, Amy, your wife, um, just to honor the Lord through this ministry, but um, really shepherd in a way, like disciple the team that, that you guys have in your hands? And also, how has the Lord used the team in your own life, yeah, in both of your and your marriage, yeah, you know, because it's like it's part of your. It is both of your lives. It yeah. is that is uh, two great questions. So the first part, on um, you know, I would say you know, discipleship. Sometimes you don't um, know who and when you've had the most impact until after the fact. Sometimes years down down the road. I think that sometimes it's like the the hardest times are the times of the greatest growth. 
Um, and you know, we've, we've had, uh, some, trem- I, I could, you know, th- this podcast would go very, very long mm-hmm. if I told you like the challenges and the difficulties and the life struggles that we experienced firsthand with our athletes. So it's like when you're, when you're dealing with young people, you see them at their best, you see them at their worst. And sometimes, uh, you know, things come out after, you know, after the fact of, of struggles that they, they had, had uh, you know, had, had gone through or whatnot. So I, I would say, you know, part of that is a relationship that, that is built. Um, through coaching and through athletics. And that that relationship is foundational um, because you can only have uh, influence into somebody as, as much as there's trust there. And without, without mm-hmm. trust, you can't have any impact on somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And so the, the sport itself and the coaching relationship is something that is very, very rare in, in our world. There's, so, there's very few vocations where, you know, I mean, it's like maybe if you're a youth pastor, you might see somebody like once a week or twice a week or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with coaching, I'm seeing my athletes six, seven days a week. I'm traveling with them. They're, we're competing. And, and this is something that goes on day in and day out for years at a time. And so mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of trust, I think, starts to occur over time. And, and within that, you know, um, we really try to have our, our athletes into our home. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had, uh, we've had a number of athletes, you know, at, at different points in their lives. Uh, end up moving in with us. You know, Richard is somebody who, you know, post-college came back in because he went through the surgery and, you know, he, he needed a place to recover. Um, but that's actually happened um, even with Skylar Mikesell, who was in a terrible motorcycle accident. And him and his parents actually moved in with us during his kind of recovery phase for, for a few times. But I think that sometimes when you really go through very hardship with people, um, you're, you're able to uh, live life in a way that, that, you know, things will come to the surface. You're able to speak into their lives in ways that, that you might not otherwise. Discipleship is something that it's not like a one size fits all thing. It's the individual kind of what they're going through, what they're struggling with. How has a team uh, impacted us? You know, I would say that uh, we don't have kids. Uh, so we really feel like our team is our family. They're, they're the ones that are the primary focus on, okay, they, these are kind of the talents that God's given us. And so, you know, we, we don't want to waste those talents. We want to, um, uh, we really want to invest in them. And I, and it, it just is really amazing because those are the people that, you know, as, as I look through kind of our list now of alumni, as they come through, those are our best friends. Uh, the, those are the people where we would go to first. Uh, the, those are the people that, um, that, you know, bring the greatest joy to our life. And I think that that is just, if you, if you, you know, um, been involved in, in ministry, you've, you've, you know, thrown your life into something to that extent, mm-hmm. it becomes very, very special. The, the thing that I would say is, you know, the four years that our athletes spend at Masters, the mark of success is not going to be what happens during those four years. It's going to be the 40 years after they leave. And how, and if, if their life is the same after they leave as if they had, had not come, then we had no influence on them. Yeah. Um, but if, if they live life uh, markedly different, different, if they're able to impact others because of how they saw us invest in them, then, then I think that there's tremendous value uh, through through this time, and that's that that's our that's our hope, that's our mission, that's that's what we're chasing hard after yeah. is is uh, the ministry component of our life. And uh, in this day and age, when the world is so upside down, mm-hmm. it's like we are we are so blessed that we have that opportunity. Oh yeah, you and Amy have been such a great example to to Richard and I. Uh, what a mm-hmm. a marriage according to the word of God looks like. I remember just having some wonderful conversations with you guys 
during the month. And I always say that coach has like the best questions. Like he is just on point with all the questions. And I love it because he's ready to just create those conversations. And, and I love that because we have lost that in our society. We all are so busy and always on our phone that we've lost a sense of like really getting to know people. And you're so intentional when you're with other people, like really asking questions, like, what do you like? What is it? How do you see yourself? Like, you know, like, I love that. And I appreciate that. And just like even getting to know about your marriage for me, because Richard and I, at that point, we were like, still don't, we didn't even know if we're going to get married. And it was at this point when he's at your home that we decided that he decided, yeah, like, you know, you tell, you ask him like, Richard, so are you going to get married or what? (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? And I'm so you know, so grateful for that, that you really just, you still continue to shepherd him and to be there for him, that you guys took care of him, you know, like he doesn't have his parents and you guys have loved him and embraced him like, like your own, you know, and I am so grateful. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord for you guys. And I remember that you guys told me, I don't think we have even argued once in our marriage. And I'm like, Honestly, I was like, how is that possible? What do you mean you guys have never argued? Or that you guys have never been separated from each other, that you made it um, a commitment to that, that we're not, look, if somebody dies and somebody passes away from your family, we're going to go together. Like, Mm. we're going to make sure that we stick with one another. And for a lot of people that might be like, okay, that's kind of weird. I don't know. Everyone needs their space. How has this been possible? What have you guys done in your marriage, you know, that... it's been in in such a way. Well, there's, I mean, I think that there's areas of every marriage that you would say are strong points and Mm -hmm. and weak points. And, you know, I I would say that one area within our marriage um, that, and and different people have different convictions and whatnot, you know, maybe it's that we work with a lot of young people. And, you know, if you, I think that if you are, you know, more like in front of a lot of, you know, college students, it's like, man, you'll see so many coaches fail. You'll see so many, and it's like, and then you can create more damage than than good. Mm -hmm. But just, just, for me, you know, I just felt like our, it was very important that I never spent a night apart from my wife. Um, that was just something where it's like, yeah, you see people where it's like eventually some affair happens or whatever else. It's like, how did that happen? It was never planned. Nobody plans those types yeah. of failures. But for, for me, just, um, you know, from the very beginning, you know, I said, as, as much as depends on us, like, you know, if, if God, and God could, you know, do something where for a time he would, you know, say, oh, you know, maybe something would happen. But as, for as much as depends on us, mm-hmm. you know, our, our aim would never to spend a single night apart, you know, that we would, that we would always uh, be to, be together, that there'd never be a full day, 24 span that, that we wouldn't be together. And so that's something that the Lord has blessed, um, you know, mm-hmm. all of these years. And I'm so thankful for it. So that was just something I think that I had that conviction of, and that was something that the Lord gave. And that during our marriage counseling, something that um, our counselor said that was so good is he said, always expect the best in the other. You know, Mm -hmm. so sometimes it can be so easy to think like, oh, this person did this because they had some bad intention or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but uh, he just told me, listen, it's like, this is, you know, your, your spouse is a new creation. Like God Mm -hmm. has indwelled them with the Holy Spirit. He has paid for their sins and expect them to live up to the new covenant, have, have that expectation. And so, yeah, it's like, um, you know, I, I think that that is just something that immediately will diffuse arguments 
Um, because, you know, tend, we tend to argue about things if we want to see them. It's like, oh, I got to, you know, you know, have my point or whatever else. And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me every day, I feel like uh, my wife is the person that God has just blessed, um, you know, to, to join in this ministry. And we actually have never had, you know, some type of argument. Um, and, and I think that there's something, you know, in those small areas where you might be like, oh, I see it this way, or, you know, maybe she sees it that way. Like, I think that there's a sensitivity that is like, man, we just both really want to see everything that same way. Some people in their marriages, it's like they're very okay not seeing things, you know, kind of the same way. But for both of us, it's almost like like we just wouldn't like that just wouldn't feel right. So even the, the smallest decisions of yeah. like, okay, if we're gonna, you know, buy something or make some investment or whatever, we just would want to see it the same same way. And so that's something that's I would say, you know, God has just kind of given us with. But yeah, th- those are areas that, you know, I would say one of the primary things I would want to equip the team, my team with is what a a godly marriage looks like because this is what Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. And God created marriage and one of the things that is such a a pure picture of love is is marriage. And that's something that the world is not getting right and they don't understand like what what does Mm -hmm. that mean or what does that look like? And when you see, you know, a a husband and wife that truly love each other, I think that the world would say there is something radically different there. And so that's Mm -hmm. that's a testimony. And so I think for our athletes as they come through college and they see like, oh, this is like how coach treats his wife. And this is, they're always together and they're not Mm -hmm. really arguing and having disagreements and those types of things. I think that it's very important for them to be able to be influenced that way. And hopefully uh, they would have an even stronger marriage than what I would have. That that would be my prayer is that they would be able to um, have that beacon of light into the world and and the world sees it. You know, I even think about our, our next door neighbor, and, you know, what would always get him is, is you know, he would see how radically different our relationship was. And that made him very interested in what we had to say spiritually because he, yeah. he would be able to connect those two, you know. Yeah. And another thing that I love about you guys is that you guys work together, as you mentioned. Uh, how is that possible too, right? <laughs> Husband and wife working together. How does that happen? And you guys are a team. And that it's in every aspect of your life. And you guys work together. How have you guys been able to build that kind of relationship of a, of a team and being able to work with one another and collaborate with the ideas and things like yeah. that? So how? Well, yeah, I mean, even before we were married, I, I recognized just like some of the strengths that my now my wife has administratively. Um, there's, you know, she was the head of uh, human resources and payroll. And so her, her attention to detail and uh, she was doing uh, work um, with her church youth group and um, being able to, to really uh, create events and do these different things. And so um, just, just from the, the very beginning, I just knew that we would really have a, a a wonderful ability to work together mm-hmm. through the facets of what we want to do, putting on some different events that we've, uh, you know, kind of got started and going to, um, to just being able to, uh, to do that. But one, I would say one thing that was unique is we have really lived off of one salary. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that we just made a decision like, okay, there's a lot of people that they really want a lot of things or they, they want a lot. 
Um, and you know, that, that might require, you know, multiple incomes or whatever the case is, but we've kind of chosen more of a simple life Mm -hmm. so that we could, that we wouldn't have any, you know, financial obligations that would, that would, you know, necessitate that we'd have to do things different. And so in that, I, I would say that that's just one takeaway is that, you know, for every couple, you just have to decide like if you want something special, what are you willing to give up? Mm-hmm. And that, that's a it's a hard thing, but you know mm-hmm. it's like we we just felt like yeah, like for us, we want to be able to to you know work on a coaching income, a coaching mm-hmm. salary, and you know um, so you know it's like we want to live a very simple, very frugal you know life, and we have one car, you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like a used car, you know so yeah. <laughs> so it's like th- there's just going to be things like that that you know yeah. we that that's you know part of the lifestyle that that you choose to make things go but you know the lord has really blessed us that that i think that um our um our strong suits really complement each other mm-hmm. very very well and there's a, a chemistry there that enables us to do what we do so there's no chance that i could coach or have the ministry that i have if it wasn't for my wife and mm-hmm. and i think specifically the strength of our women's program uh it's it's uh because of what my my wife is um and she's an, a tremendous example i think for for our women's team of you know this is what a godly woman is and this is what a godly woman does so mm-hmm. it's it, you know that some of those life lessons we don't even have to say it's modeled you know yeah. And that's a, that's a certainly a joy. My next question is wrapping it up very quickly. What are three things that you love about your wife? Oh man, three, <laughs> three things. Three things, not more three, than only, o- three only that loves and she's so, here right now. Yeah. The, the, I would say the, the top three, um, you know, uh, one is, I would say how often she reminds me uh, to make decisions um, just based off of God's work in our life and not off of circumstance. So there will be, you know, situations that arise and I might be thinking like, oh, like, you know, because this situation or this thing happened, does, does that mean dot, dot, dot? And it can, um, I think it can be very easy. I think, especially for men to read like Mm -hmm. situational circumstance. Oh, this happened. So then this must be that or whatever. But it's just, you know, it's, it's being able to having that reminder of just like, no, it's, it's our walk with the Lord and our intimacy with him that our best decisions are always going to be made regardless Mm -hmm. of, of, of circumstance. So there's just, there's that constant reminder that, that she constantly gives me that is, that is a powerful spiritual stimulus for me to just remind myself of, of, of to stay in the vine, right. Mm -hmm. To stay, stay in God's word, to stay dependent on him. And that's Mm -hmm. done very practically um, in specifics. Like I might say something and, and it's going to be her response to those situations. It's going to be um, very equipping. The second thing is, that towards that end is, um, I would say one of her spiritual gifts is that she's an encourager. So it's like if people, anybody, if you're going through a hard time, it's like, you know, like Amy just has the ability to like make, make the sunshine a little bit brighter. So it's like, she, she just has that capacity. And that's something that, um, that I, like I, I would say I'm able to carry on with what I do because I, I have her. So that, that encouragement. Um, and then, you know, it's like she, she, um she's my spiritual companion she's the person that I'm chasing hard after Christ with 
Um, and so that joy, like every, every day starts, uh, us in the word together. Um, you know, it's like, that's just something where, you know, we're in God's word, we're together. That's the very beginning of our day before we do anything is, is to be in, in the word. And so that's the best part of my day, uh, is, is the very beginning and, and to, to start in God's word. And so yeah. I, you know, if I had to say three, but I could go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> you only have and, three. <laughs> and yeah, you know, there's, there's probably things that other people would think like are, are more impactful or whatnot, yeah. but those, those are three of my favorites. Oh, was beautiful and wonderful too. Thank you for yeah, sharing now, that. And, so good. In in conclusion, for those who do not know Christ, you have one minute <laughs> or two minutes <laughs> to tell us why we need Christ, and then if you can just close us in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People were created for God's glory. We weren't created for our glory, uh, our purposes. We were created for a purpose, and it was for God's glory. And you can only glorify God. If you've surrendered your life to him and he's given Christ's life to you. And without that exchange, you can't live your purpose. And and um the the world is a fallen, terrible place. But when that exchange happens, your your life becomes extraordinary. And that and and the only way to have the joy of 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 living on this amazing planet is if is if you have that exchange life. And so that's why. It's so that you can live your purpose. And every man, woman, and child, their purpose is to exchange their life for Christ's life. Um, and that that happens uh, by recognizing that you're a sinner. And it happens by confessing that you uh, that you need a Savior. And the only, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so it's, um, it's confessing him as your Lord and, and exchanging your life, saying, God, uh, um, please take my life um, and please give me yours and, and whatever your purpose is for me that's that's how I want to live that's what I want to do so yeah let's close in prayer God we are so thankful uh, just for your work um, in our small frail lives um, Father we thank you that that you would even use um, just a, a running coach um, and his wife in, in small ways um, you, you certainly, Lord, can use the smallest things uh, for your glory. And, and that's what we want, Lord. We want your goodness um, and your glory to be put on display. So I just pray, Father, that anybody that even hears this podcast, what would intrigue them is what it would look like uh, to, to have a relationship with you. And I just pray, Father, that uh, for, for anyone that might hear this this podcast or this uh, this talk that, that doesn't have a relationship with you, um, Father, that they would they would discover um, just you and your word, uh, that they would discover uh, what a relationship with you looks like. Um, and Father, I just pray that you would save souls uh, in a way that only you can. So we ask your blessing on this and we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.